0: This is Juliana McIntosh.
1: And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is
0: is The The Art Art of of Drinking. drinking. With Join Jules.
1: And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast.
0: Where you learn how to make two drinks.
1: A classic.
0: And a twist.
1: Plus a little backstory on the cocktail.
0: So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests.
1: Your home crafted masterpiece.
0: All right, Uncle Brad, we're going back again on this episode, but we're doing it different. And and I'm glad that we're revisiting this one because I have to retract a statement that I made. Yes. So I just wanted to start this podcast by apologizing to not only you, Uncle Brad, but to anyone and everyone that I offended when I said Mm -hmm. that the Mm -hmm. old fashioned was overrated.
1: There you go. That makes the universe right.
0: Right there, all yeah. is back together. Yeah, no, that was the biggest miss, I think, on on my end because boy was I wrong. <laughs> and I think it was after that podcast episode <laughs> that we covered the old fashioned that I was like, you know what, that was such a bold claim. I should really do some digging into the old fashioned.
1: Hey, you know what? You can have bold claims. You can be like, I don't, I don't like French wine, or I don't like, whoa, I don't whoa, like reds, whoa. I don't like California. I, I know, I know. I'm saying there are people out there who would say that. <laughs> yeah. I don't know those people, but they're out there.
0: Well, I was an old-fashioned hater, and I am so excited and happy to say that that is no longer because I recently found just an appreciation for the body of this cocktail. And Brad, you know, and I know some of my followers know that I'm working on a big project, and we actually talked about the old-fashioned, and it got me into my research. It got me thinking, I mean, Brad, think about it. And you know this, so I'm I'm convincing people who are on my side. No, yeah, no.
1: Hey, bring it. Talk to me like I've never heard it before. Spirit. This is all just great, yep.
0: Sugar, bitters, and water, right? Dilution. But, I mean, come on. That is a winning equation right there.
1: Yeah, that's where it all started. This is why we have cocktails. Thank you, old-fashioned. Well, before it was just a cocktail, right? Right. Spirit, sugar, bitters, water. And then they said, I want a cocktail the old-fashioned way.
0: Brad, correct me if I'm wrong, but this old-fashioned, I mean, just like the classic old-fashioned, that would be categorized as an ancestral cocktail. Is that correct?
1: Ooh, that's a fancy word. (laughs) Ancestral cocktail. I've never used that before. Googling now.
0: Yeah, I think it's an ancestral. I've been doing my cocktail research. Yeah, I love it. But I will say for everybody listening, I think that one of the reasons why I was so nervous to really take a deeper dive into the Old Fashioned is because I'm a sour cocktail at heart. I like the citrus, I like the sweet, and I think that I that was my comfort zone, and the Old Fashioned was out of my comfort zone. And once I kind of got over that, I feel like it really opened a wonderful big door.
1: Well, yeah, the door on Old Fashions, it's it's huge. It's a mm-hmm. huge, huge, huge door. Cute. So just like the sour is is a category, I mean, you could say the old-fashioned is a category as well. It doesn't have to be just rye right. or bourbon. You could make it with mezcal. You could make it with tequila. You could make an old-fashioned with any spirit. In fact, they used to do it that way. They originally made old-fashions with gin. Yeah, this is a huge world. If people are like, well, why are you revisiting cocktails? I mean, look, it, it's not like I'm rolling Disney here where I'm going back because I've run out of ideas, right? Right, like this is,
0: right, right. We're not we're doing on, a live no, yeah. remake, yeah. Right,
1: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but you could do an entire season, if not an entire year mm-hmm. on Old Fashions because there's so many ways to make them. Now, we talked about in our very first cocktail, we talked about the Whisco Mm old-fashioned. And listen, folks, if you haven't tried a Wisco old-fashioned, go listen to that episode and make yourself a Wisco old-fashioned. By Wisco, I mean Wisconsin, because that is a really, really regional thing to Wisconsin. And people just don't know it even exists outside of the upper Midwest or unless they're from the upper Midwest. right? So go try it. But all right. Pushing that kitschy version of the old-fashioned aside, and because it's a true patio pounder, it, <laughs> I yes. drink those out of Solo cups, trust yes. me. The old-fashioned is a huge cannon. I'm telling you, what's my favorite drink? The rum old-fashioned. You make it with rum. like, yeah. And then you start swapping in simple syrups and stuff like that. I mean, it's just flavored simple syrups. Yes. And the different kind of bitters. I mean, dude, I'm telling you, I think I'm getting into the tips a little bit right now. I but, am. We have got just all kinds of things to talk about with the old-fashioned, and this isn't the yeah. last time you'll hear about it. So I'm excited.
0: Yeah, me too. And so just so everybody gets a rundown of today's episode, clearly mm-hmm. we're doing the old-fashioned the old-fashioned way, but we're doing it a little bit different.
1: Well, we're not doing it the old-fashioned way, old-fashioned way, because we're actually using cherry hearing in this old-fashioned. Sorry, I don't mean to keep... Well, I'm sorry. Did I cut you off? Are you doing your batch one the old-fashioned way? Kinda. Okay, hey, well, what's there to be embarrassed about?
0: Okay, so I'm doing, I'm doing like the classic, but I wanted to do something fun. So here's what you can expect from this episode, okay? We are doing a batched freezer door old-fashioned, and this is gonna be your perfect, you are going to make this, put it in your freezer and then have it all summer long or maybe for a week and then you'll make more, but you will have the recipe for success. Brad, you're doing a cherry, old fashioned. We're gonna get into the history and then last, our tips, our tips, our tips, is just gonna be some awesome old fashioned combinations that if you've done the classic, if you've tried ours and you wanna take it a step further, we're gonna give you some ideas for your tip section. So that's what you can expect from today's episode.
1: Gosh, I'm excited. All right, let's we, we gotta get moving. Let's just move on to like how we make it. All right. Yeah, let's all right, do it. Let's do it. All
0: right. Brad, do you want to go first or, or do you want me to go? First?
1: I feel the passion and sense the passion here behind what you're saying. There is a lot of wood behind that arrow. You're yes. you're firing there. So Let's let you go first.
0: You know why I'm so excited to showcase this freezer door, old fashioned? Tell me. It's because I genuinely think, Brad, that you, not that you wouldn't and not that you don't, but I think that this is one of my recipes that you will actually be excited to get behind and run after this episode to go do, because it's so easy.
1: Yeah, no, I'm looking at the recipe right now and I'm totally, yeah, Totally making this like after this episode.
0: <laughs> you guys, it is so easy to do. It's batched ahead of time. You leave it in your freezer. It's freaking ready to go. If you love it old fashioned, you'd be silly not to have this on hand, especially if you're doing dinner parties. I mean, come on, it's perfect. And it's super easy. So let me walk you through it. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to get a 750 milliliter full bottle, get a full bottle of rye or bourbon. I used a rye. I'm into rye right now, but normally I would do bourbon because I like the sweeter. But the rye, it just, it works. It's delicious. What you're going to want to do is you're going to pour out six ounces of that. So measure it out in like a Pyrex liquid measuring cup. Take six ounces out. What you do with that is up to you. If you want to-
1: Down the hatch. Down the
0: hatch. If you want to save it for later, whatever. (laughs) Hey, it's your journey. From there, you're going to see that you have space now in your bottle. So what we're going to do is we're going to add our ingredients directly into our bottle. I did about two ounces of a demerara syrup. And then I actually added about three quarters of an ounce of the Luxardo cherry syrup. And I did that because Brad, you were doing the cherry old fashioned. And I was like, let's just maybe add a little bit of that. If you want to keep it, don't add the cherry syrup. Just add two and three quarter ounce of Demerara. It's up to you. I think the Luxardo, it's also like candy. It tastes delicious. You have your sweet in there for an old fashioned. Mm -hmm. Now let's get to the bitters. You're going to want to add in about three-quarters of an ounce of your Angostura aromatic bitters. And I added a half ounce of orange bitters. I like that. If you want to keep it strictly Ango aromatic, do a full ounce. Again, it's an old-fashioned. You can manipulate it. Now, a tip that I actually saw in my research, I didn't do it myself, but you can, and maybe it'll be fun. Just take an orange swath and drop it in the bottle and just kind of let that infuse so you have those orange flavors in there. You could also do a cinnamon stick too. I wouldn't leave it in there for too long, but if you just wanted a little bit of extra oomph, you can add in some filtered water for dilution, about an ounce or two. What I did instead is once I put that in the freezer, you're gonna flip the bottle upside down a couple of times, make sure it's all incorporated, put it in the freezer, get it nice and cold. You're gonna put it over a fresh cube. And what I did is I let the cube mellow a little bit to get the dilution that I needed from there. And I mean, it's kind of like a sip as you go, which is what I did when I first sipped it. It was, it's definitely hot. But then as time kind of went on and it started, the ice started to sweat a little bit, it just got better and better and better. So it's up to you kind of how you want that dilution in there. But that literally is it. It has like an infinite shelf life, I would think. Just set it in your freezer and you're done. And then you can pour it over a cube whenever you want it.
1: Oh my gosh, I'm like. i like getting weak in the knees. That just sounds so delightful.
0: Well, I mean, think about it, Brad, there's no citrus. So really you can freezer door any cocktails, like you could freezer door a martini, easy.
1: For sure, no, I I love this, I love this. Yeah, my neighbor across the, the street, shout out Ryan Cummings, he brought over a freezer door black Manhattan. Oh. That was, dude. Well, yeah. That's pretty good. Thank and you. I think that's a tough act to follow right now. pretty proud. I'm a little nervous and no. putting forth my. Uh, my Honestly, here,
0: people who went out and bought the cherry hearing in which episode did we first have that for? The Singapore, that was Singapore Sling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We're using it.
1: Yeah. So let me tell you, I've I've been making this for a while now and I have made it with rye and I have made it with bourbon. Bourbon obviously lends a little bit more to the sweetness. Mm-hmm. Rye is a little bit more dry. Yes. And they happen to rhyme. Dry as in it it's dry grass. Is right. that's what I get when I drink rye. I just, those of you who've ever been in the middle of like a, a field of <laughs> dry grass. Yeah. You know, in California, like stuff dries up pretty quick in the summertime. Here in the upper Midwest in the fall, like you get these dusty, dry flavors when you're out kind of in the country. And that's just what rye tape reminds me of. So anyways, enough about me reminiscing. Rye. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to go chill that double rocks glass. Yes, you are. Because this drink deserves a double rocks glass. And then you're going to take two ounces of rye, bourbon if you want. I like it to be a bit higher proof because I find the cherry hearing is sweet and everybody's gonna find it that it's sweet so i like a little bit of a higher proof to stand up to it plus the thing is when i make an old-fashioned especially if i'm using a high proof spirit i like to let the ice just mellow the drink out a little bit so i'll take a first sip and be like "Woo!" and then that second sip or third sip might come a little bit later as i've let the the flavors marinate a little bit in the in the ice dilute a little bit which again what's a cocktail originally or an old-fashioned cocktail spirit sugar bitters and water, that ice is turning into your water. Then you're going to take your cherry hearing. And by the way, Jules, great job on saying it correctly. It's not hearing, it's hearing. And you know what I love about that is when we talk to bartenders they're like, oh yeah, cherry herring, I'm like, mm, it's hearing. It's hearing.
0: I'm hearing <laughs> yep. it wrong. It's hearing. You
1: are hearing it all wrong. So three quarter ounce cherry hearing, one quarter ounce of simple syrup. You don't need a lot of simple syrup here because the cherry hearing is already in there acting as the sweet. Yep. In your case, you used Luxardo cherry syrup, which is like,
0: ooh, oh man, beautiful. A little so, candy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mine's like that, but it's got alcohol in it too. Then you're gonna go two dashes of the ever-famous Angostura aromatic bitters, and then one dash of orange bitters. Now, let me tell you about orange bitters. I like Angosturas, and I also like this local company called Dashfire. They make awesome orange bitters, which I have used. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you guys can get it around the country, but I got to tell you, the bitters game blew up Yeah, back in really the 2000 aughts. And I want to say coming into like even the early 2010s, teens, someone might check me on that and be like, well, actually, Brad, it was 2004. <laughs> But I'm going to tell you that you'd go around, you'd look for bitters. You wouldn't even look for bitters. You'd just be like, okay, I need bitters. And you just go like, get Angostura bitters. And all of s- a sudden, stuff started showing up. Anyways, Dashfire does a great job. And I love their orange bitters. And I love, love, love Angostura bitters as well. So if you can't find Dashfire, which I highly recommend you do, go to Angostura. Okay. Now, you're putting that all in a glass. Or you could put it in your mixing glass and then you're gonna stir it a little bit with ice. And then you're going to take that concoction if you did it outside of the uh, double rocks glass. And you're just gonna take your Hawthorne strainer, pop it on top of that mixing glass, and you're gonna pour that over a big chunk of ice into your double rocks glass. If you don't have a big chunk of ice, fine. Refrigerator ice will do. It's just the big chunk of ice makes it look extra sexy. Yeah, totally. And then just garnish with a couple of cherries. And if you want, and you're feeling a little sassy, go ahead and take a little orange peel and-
0: Swath it around.
1: Swath it around. You've got orange bitters in there. You might as well accentuate that with an orange peel, right? And then boom, you are in business sipping on what I think is one fantastic riff Mm
0: -hmm.
1: on the old fashioned.
0: That sounds (laughs) delicious. I'm into it now, Brad, I'm into it. And I, I have to say, if you were a non-believer like I was, I think it's a fear thing.
1: My brothers and sisters, let me tell you, you need to be on the old fashioned bus. And if you're like, yeah, I had one once, I didn't like it. Chances are you had a old fashioned. It's true. Because there are a lot of bars out there who make a lot of crappy old fashions. I had one this week and it's not something that leaves you with a good impression. But if you have one done that is literally done by a craftsman or a mixologist is, just really puts a lot of love and attention, or you just listen to anything that we tell you to do, Mm -hmm. you're going to have a great experience with an old fashioned. And I'm telling you, man, just get back in there.
0: I'm gonna leave with one more thing to say on that point. I do believe, You will make a better old fashioned nine times out of 10 than you would going to a bar and and ordering one. I highly recommend you invest in in good booze and invest in the process because it's a cocktail that's almost too easy. Why would you pay 18 to $25 for an old fashioned? It's a shame. It's a shame. right? And you can do it yourself with better ingredients. It's cheaper and it's probably nine times out of 10 gonna taste better.
1: Yeah, if you have a favorite whiskey, that makes a great old fashioned. Yeah. If you don't have a favorite whiskey, there's a lot of great ones out there. You just, again, you just need to kind of figure out what's your vibe, right? Because whiskeys all taste different too. Mm-hmm. And by the way, whiskey, I'm, I'm saying all whiskey, so. Right. Clearly I'm speaking more about bourbon and rye whiskey than I am like scotch. Right. <laughs> or Irish whiskey, but they do make old fashioned.
0: Okay, scotch does, it, I had one with scotch, it's good.
1: I know, you just, you gotta be the right person for it, but it's good.
0: Yeah. I think we should leave them with that and go to our history section.
1: (laughs) Let's do it. Let's talk about our friends at Angostura because think about this. For those of you that are old enough to remember, you'd go to a liquor store and you'd grab whatever it was that you're making and you'd go and you'd just grab a bottle of Angostura bitters. Why? Because it literally was probably the only bitters you could grab for a long time. That was really it, that Are pay shows.
0: Yeah, totally.
1: So there isn't a whole huge bitters section in a liquor, or wasn't in a liquor store. Now there is, we'll talk about that in a second. All right, so Johann Sigurd, Dr. Johann Sigurd, he moved from Germany to Angostura, Venezuela, back in 1820, and he moved there with his family because this guy was gonna serve as the Surgeon General For the armies of Simon Mm Bolivar. So he's a surgeon general. In 1824, he had perfected the formula for amargo aromatico, and that was used as a stomach tonic for soldiers in Bolivar's armies. So remember, bitters were thought to be medicinal with good reason. There are medicinal. Elements in there. So this guy figured out what kind of helped people with their stomach. And like I said, by the way, hang, you know, ask a bartender for uh, help with your hangover; they're going to recommend bitters, uh, Angostura bitters.
0: I recommend it. Yeah.
1: So now his bitters are in the water supply, at least amongst Boulevard's armies. So in the 1850s, since 1850 specifically, Venezuela. It's down there, southern part, you know, very northern part of South America, southernmost part of the Caribbean, if you want to look at that way. Geographically, I I think I'm being a little bit, nah, actually, southern part of Caribbean, because it's right there by Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. So they are the hub of trade routes, right? I mean, you've got the pirate ships, you know, the the 1600s, 1700s, and 1800s too, and it's like everything's flowing out of the Caribbean because there's just so much goodness coming out of the Caribbean. So they take advantage of this, and they start shipping off their bitters around the US to around the Caribbean, of course. And then, of course, off to the UK and parts all around the world. Because, you know, that's now we've got this on board ships and and these armies and sailors. And it's not just Boulevard's armies, but the English army. And like all these different nationalities are carrying bitters all over the world. Mm -hmm. All right. 1873, the Aromatic Bitters wins a Medal of Excellence in Vienna. Now, the cocktail... Swing is in in full effect, right? Uh Cocktail was really originally documented back in the early 1800s. And we know that the old-fashioned cocktail now started to become a thing. Bitters are now a thing. So bitters are starting to be added to medicines, which interesting story about the old-fashioned cocktail or cocktail before it was the old-fashioned is that they would put bitters in the alcohol and sugar and water whatnot just to mask the crappy taste of whiskey. Yeah. And then they would deem it like, oh, you know, I got bitters in here. must be healthy. <laughs> Perfect. All right. In 1875, there's a little political upheaval in Venezuela. And Siegert moves his family to the port of Spain, Trinidad. And they reopened a distillery there. And Johann's sons take over the business. So they're now operating as J.G.B. Siegert and Jijos, Hijos. Hijos. H-I-J-O-S. 1876, they win a gold medal for the product of excellence at the World Trade Fair in Philly. By 1900, the golden age of cocktails is like in full swing and Angostura bitters is absolutely everywhere. And it's embedded in cocktail cultures now in the US and the UK and Europe. We've got American bars popping up over in Europe, right? Because everybody's in love with the cocktail. And so we've got the Savoy and the Ritz and all of these places are using Angostura bitters uh-huh. to make their various drinks, right? So you've got the Manhattan, you've got the old fashioned, you got the champagne cocktail, pink gin. So all these great drinks, all leveraging Angostura bitters. So in 1904, Alfredo Siegert was appointed the purveyor of Angostura's aromatic bitters to the King of Prussia. And so now we're over in Prussia.
0: Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> and then again in 1907 to the King of Spain, we had the Pure Food and Drug Act take place in 1906. So now we've got competition who is struggling yeah. to survive because they've got to be truthful about <laughs> what's in there. And they can't say this cures your splitting headache because it was opened up by it falling on the, on the doorstep and yeah. you've got your eye hanging out of your head. In 1917, there is the first recorded cocktail party by one Mrs. Julius S. Walsh Jr. of St. Louis. She threw it at her mansion for about 50 people and it was an hour long party. It gets picked up by the news. So now bitters isn't just in your home for medicine and isn't just in bars, but people are using it in cocktails, right? Like they're starting to do a little home mixology.
0: Damn.
1: So 1920 rolls around. And what happens? Prohibition. So prohibition gets here. And again, now we're wiping out the use of bitters and cocktails. So anybody else that was hanging on, they're <laughs> done for. However, there was one smart little bar owner up in northern Wisconsin.
0: Oh,
1: Big surprise.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah, we know about you Wisconsins.
1: On Washington Island, there is Nelson's Hall and Bitters Club. I think the Bitters Club was added later. Nelson's Mm. Hall was operated by one Tom Nelson. And when the government came in and shut them down from selling alcohol, he still served bitters as a way to get around that and give people their little tipple because bitters is a high proof alcohol. And so people would get shots of bitters at Nelson's Hall. And if you go to Washington Island today, you will notice that this town is about as small as your thumbnail. Like hardly anybody lives there, but it's a popular place in the summertime because it's beautiful.
0: Uh-huh.
1: You go into Nelson's Hall, you get yourself an old fashioned, Wisconsin style for starters, uh-huh. but then you also get yourself a bitter shot. You become a card carrying member my of God. the Bitters club. Are you a member? Oh yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, I'm a member. <laughs> you know it.
0: Oh my yeah. God. Yeah,
1: No, your uncle Tom had a big barbecue competition up there. It's uh, but by, by the way, end of August, if anybody's in a barbecue, awesome setting. Jeez. To go up to Washington Island and go pitch a tent or stay in a B&B, Airbnb, not Airbnb. Well, you could stay in Airbnb, but a bed and breakfast too. Yeah. And then stop in at Nelson's.
0: That's awesome.
1: So you're like, well, Angostura bitters surely must have suffered. They did a little, but they had a big war chest that was developed, obviously, because their popularity of their bitters. But also you got to think that now all of this drinking is happening over in Europe with the right. American cocktail bars. Mm-hmm. And so Angostura is still flowing freely in Europe. So that's prohibition. So prohibition ends in 1933. The tiki craze starts picking up, right? Yes. And what do you use in tiki? Well, you use rum and there's a lot of bitters you've in tiki have too. Gotta
0: bitters, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and mm-hmm.
1: so Roosevelt opens up this uh, trade with the Caribbean, Latin America, and Cuba, and it's called the good neighbor policy. And so now you've got rum flowing back into the United States. You've got bitters flowing back in the United States. So tiki just becomes a thing because of this Rum, bitters, hand-in-hand, you know, Angostura takes off again. Yeah. All right, in 1955, they're appointed to British royalty again for Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II. So now they're the purveyor and the only one that can claim this purveyor to the the royal family. Wow. In 1960, they are promoted as a flavor enhancer in food because food got kind of weird in the 60s and 70s. Yeah. Although if you go to Trinidad, they put that stuff in everything, including their Cheerios.
0: <laughs> so well, have you? I mean, you. I know you have, but the Trinidad sour. Oh yeah. Oh my that's god, that's pretty
1: good. So good. Yeah, and it's a lot of bitters.
0: Yeah. Would you like a little lemon juice with your bitters?
1: Totally. But I love I love that bitter flavor that allspice and whatever true. else is in there. Yeah,
0: right? yeah. We'll have to cover that one episode.
1: Totally. Yeah. No. Last night I made a dish. It was an Indian dish of, of chickpeas and masala and. And I added some Trinidad bitters to it. I Trinidad bitters, Angostura bitters yeah, to it.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dude,
1: it was like, it was so good. You could put it on vanilla ice cream, it's so good. No, this is magic cure-all. So on the 70s, we kind of had the dark ages of cocktails mm-hmm. and things got a little weird. But then in the 80s, Dale DeGroff and Dick Bradsell, they Boom. start pushing great cocktails yes, again, the do. old cocktails. And so bitters, again, like they're in the hands of everybody, not that they went anywhere, right? You still had bitters bottles on the bar, but now you're making Manhattans again and stuff like that. So, I've, at this point, in the 80s, 90s, even part of the early 2000s, nobody else is really making bitters. I mean, they were really the only game in town, sans maybe one or two other labels, pay as being the other one. And I'm just saying one or two other labels because I honestly don't know who else might have been out there. They're out there. Yeah. But there weren't many. You didn't have choices. But then all of a sudden, choices started showing up. Mm -hmm. Angostura jumps in the game in 2007 and they make an orange bitters, which is delicious, by the way. It is. And then in 14, they launch another one, Amaro di Angostura. And then these other purveyors started popping up all over the place. And now you've got these massive selections of bitters. Mm -hmm. Now, if you go to the bitter selection and and like a good upscale liquor store, not your local package place, but we're talking like something totally. that's, you know, you expect yeah. to go find maybe a variety of bottles. You're going to find a whole section dedicated to bitters. At least I shouldn't say a whole section, but a good good amount of shelf space dedicated to bitters because there are a lot of great bitters purveyors out there like Mezcal bitters and chocolate bitters. And like I was telling you earlier about this, this Dash Fire. I mean, they've got crazy stuff. I had cardamom bitters that I put yeah. in a gin old fashioned that were unbelievable. They've got a, a mole bitters—they've got like an old fashioned bitter. Like I'm telling you, the bitters game, so good, is so good.
0: Yeah, and I feel like the old fashioned is the perfect body to to play around with that.
1: Totally. Let me give you a couple of quick facts, and then we'll move on to the tips. Mm-hmm. The Angostura bitters is almost a hundred proof, and so when you take that bitter shot, you will get drunk. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yes, you will. <laughs> Careful.
1: Angostura has also functioned as a mosquito repellent. No way. If you rub it on your skin. No way. Yep. You can use it to stain wood. Somebody did, and I guess it was a quite expensive adventure. And it's a mystery. Nobody knows how Angostura is made sans a select special few people at the house of Angostura. Yeah. So it is a closely guarded secret with a lifetime non-disclosure. Sounds
0: like the monks. Yeah.
1: So there you go, that's the that's the story on Angostura bitters and just bitters in general. So like I said, get out there and explore the world of bitters.
0: Totally. And if you're ever lost and you don't know even where to start, Angostura truly is the best place to start. And then from there, yeah. you can kind of start Um You can
1: get burned. I have had some terrible bitters and I'm sorry, yeah. but there are like some popular bitters. Yeah. And they're just not good. I mean, right?
0: the, for certain things, Angostura has been around for so long for a reason. Don't take that lightly.
1: I've got one more fun fact
0: for you. Ooh, okay.
1: Why is the label on Angostura's bottle the way it is? Have you ever noticed how the label's too big for the bottle?
0: Yes, I have. And I have no idea why. And it definitely bugs me.
1: Okay, this is fun. When uh, Johan's son started marketing, they took over the company, they're gonna start marketing Angostura they were like, okay, we got to enter a competition because that's what you did. You had to like get notoriety somehow mm-hmm. and like went, let's go win a competition. So one brother said, well, okay, well we need labels and we need bottles. And so one brother goes and procures the labels. The other brother goes and procures the bottles. And they put the two together and they realize, oh my Ooh, God, the label no. is too big <laughs> for the bottle, but they didn't have enough time to correct the mistake. And so they went into the competition, actually end up losing the competition But one of the judges said, hey, you know what? You might wanna hang on to this label thing being bigger than the bottle. I think it'd be a good little identifier for you guys on the shelf. And there you have it.
0: Lo and behold, it really is. I mean, you know that bottle without even looking at the title. I mean, you can't have that label without it being Angostura. And if you do see it, they're copiers. (laughs) Total copiers. (laughs) Yeah. Here, at the end of the day, if you're making old-fashioned, you can't have an old-fashioned without some better. so go get some good ones. All right, we will keep this tip section short and sweet, but I think it's a fun one. And I had the fun tagline for the segment of, today's tip is making an old-fashioned, not the old-fashioned way. And <laughs> so I want to give some fun combinations. I have just a couple that I think are some good ideas outside of the classic old-fashioned. And then, Brad, I will let you add in some of yours. But first and foremost, I think one of my all-time favorites right now, I just got back from Oaxaca, is mezcal old-fashioned. And so you're using mezcal as your spirit, agave as your sweetener, and you can do a little mole bitters, and you just have a beautiful, delicious, smoky old-fashioned. So that's an idea number one. Idea number two, it's gloomy out or it's winter time or it's time for just a simple dessert. Let's make a sweet old fashioned with bourbon, a banana simple syrup and chocolate bitters. I don't want cake, I want that.
1: I love banana simple syrup in my old fashioned. Oh, oh, come on, dude.
0: Okay, another idea I have, it's actually kind of a twofold. Cognac, I think, is a great spirit for an old fashioned. It's sweet, Ooh, yeah. it's delicious. If you love cognac like I do, it just makes sense. But I think you could do it instead of using aromatic, you could just do it simply with orange. But then, because Brad, so perfect, you were talking about this in the history section, you could actually, like you're doing the cherry hearing. You could use cognac with Amaro and have the Amaro be your sweet element. I would recommend maybe adding like a quarter ounce, a splash of maybe a little simple syrup with that, depending on how sweet your Amaro is. But yeah, let's have a European old fashioned. That There way. you go. Yeah,
1: Yeah, and spread your wings and definitely try it with different spirits. And you don't have to just limit The use of bitters to an old fashioned. I mean, bitters are used in a variety of different spirits. So Mm -hmm. like you could use a lemon bitters or a grapefruit bitters or even a cardamom bitters.
0: Tequila and grapefruit bitters, come on.
1: Oh yeah. But like I'm talking like a gin and tonic, you can drop some bitters in there.
0: Yeah, it's true. Or
1: just gin straight. Uh (laughs) Which sounds like, whoa, that's hardcore. But seriously, you can drink gin on the rocks if you've got a good sipping gin and just add a dash of bitters, right?
0: Yeah. Well, Brad, I know your favorite old-fashioned is the rum old-fashioned. It So give me some of your fave combos.
1: I love a good rum old-fashioned, and I like to layer in the rums. And so I'll use an overproof rum, and I'll use uh, Stiggins pineapple rum. Sometimes I'll layer in a little Jamaican rum in there, too, because I love that Jamaican funk. With that one, I have used, there's something called Trinity Bitters by Bitter Cube. I Mm -hmm. think that's available nationwide as well. And that's that's oh, wow, a delicious so bitters bad. too. Definitely, you can make a little tequila old fashioned if you want, and yeah. add a little lime bitters in there. So there's no shame in that game. Let's see what else have I made? I I make a gin old fashioned, and I use like a Holland style gin, so something that's mm-hmm. sat in a barrel a little bit. Sure. And then with that, I'll use like a grapefruit bitters. Just use the old fashioned as a template. Yeah. for spirits, and then think about what flavors go well together. Like, what does this spirit taste like? Oh, okay, This there's grapefruit in this, so maybe I wanna enhance that a little bit with some grapefruit bitters or something. Oh, I'm you know, drinking mezcal, and so let me use a little mole bitters, right? Totally.
0: And I think a great tip, too, is there's three ways you can play, spirit, bitters, and syrup. And if you're really trying to understand the flavor of bitters, a great way, pick your favorite spirit, Use a neutral simple syrup, like literally simple syrup, white granulated sugar, and then play with the bitters. And that way you're really, you're not, the sugar isn't influencing any flavor like a banana simple syrup would. You're really getting the flavor of the spirit that you know and love and how it's influenced by these flavored bitters and what you like, what you would add more of, maybe what you would add less of. I just feel like it's a great template to really start to play and understand why things work over the other and which you personally like.
1: And here's my challenge also. Okay. Take a shot of Angostura bitters. Just do it. Just do it once. It sounds crazy. It is. Maybe maybe you want to do it after you've had a drink or two, right? Oof. Your bravery's up and then just take that shot. I'm not going to say you're going to reach for it all the time. No. But I feel like you need to go through it once.
0: You should have a bitter party. And make Ooh. only cocktails with bitters in it. And at the end of it, you just take a shot of bitters.
1: Now, that's a hell of an idea. Have a little cocktail party. Yeah. Tell your friends when they're like, well, what can I bring? Be like, bring a bottle of bitters. But don't, don't everybody do the Angostura bitters. So it might take a little coordination.
0: Yeah. But
1: that'd be cool. Like assign somebody a bitters. I don't know. That's like, that fun. sounds like fun. Yeah. This is totally a hot take here. Just kind of riffing. But that's, that, I don't know. I'd, I'd give that a shot.
0: Well, that might be my next dinner old party fashion
1: idea. is... Big and good and yeah. almost gone. So now I'm getting crazy. <laughs> all right.
0: Well, that's all that's right. all I have for the tip section. But use good bitters. Good use good. Oh my god. Good use good booze, <laughs> and make yourself an old fashioned. And then uh, you drink. <laughs> oh boy, it's gonna be a long right. one day. Bye. Let's say goodbye. <laughs> uncle brad
1: cheers jules and thank you everyone for listening to the show
0: don't worry we will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website joinjules.com
1: and if you got questions or comments for us hit us up on the insta at the art of drinking podcast and of course find jules at joinjules or cigars and vino that's me also on the insta
0: and Subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club, and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up.
1: This is a Red Rock music podcast.
0: Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.